Okay, and we have, we're kind of off schedule, which is why we didn't print the times on this program to begin with, because we know we're women and we know we would be. But um, if the, the back half of the room, if y'all would head over to the fireside room, that's where you will be blessed to get to hear a little bit more from Aaron and Renee on um, your story must be told, practical tips for seeing and sharing God in your story. And then the front half of the room is going to have a blessing to hear from another one of our precious grace women, Julie Raymond. Julie, raise your hand. Julie's right here. And Julie, um, is you're truly going to be blessed by what she's sharing as well. Julie and her husband, Jeff, um, attend Grace. They moved here what, about a year Two years ago, gosh, it's gone fast. Two years, she has four precious um, children, and she and her husband have done campus ministry together. And Julie is one of the most highly relational people you'll ever meet. She is, just like the other two ladies, just a joy. And um, she is really gifted at um, engaging others. You know, you walk away from a conversation, you're like, Julie knows everything about me, but I don't think I know anything about her. Because she is truly so gifted. And so she's going to help us and equip us on learning other stories, initiating and building relationships, and and give us tips as to how to draw out other stories. So she's going to be in here. And so once once the back half goes out, if y'all kind of want to scoot in and get a little cozier, but but please, and I know it's getting late, guys, but it's really going to be worth it to stay for these breakouts. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get started. I know we've had a lot of information tonight in this particular workshop or breakout session, I would say, is interactive. So you're going to get up and move around, and hopefully that will be good as we keep going. But um, I just want to say that it's great to see so many people here, and I don't know all of you, but um, I know we all have stories to tell. And the opportunity that I'm going to speak to you tonight is about learning other stories, about initiating and building relationships. And for those of you that I don't know, my name is Julie Raymond, and like Aaron said, I don't do this for a living. Um, I'm not a professional speaker by any means. In fact, I feel like a lot of times I'm a professional wiper. I wipe counters and faces and bottoms and ouchies and tears from faces. and um, So that's what I spend most of my day doing. I wouldn't trade it, but that's just kind of my world right now. And I just want to take a little moment, even though I'm not sharing my story, take a little bit of a moment just to share a little bit about who I am because I feel like sometimes that helps you connect with people better. And this is my husband. Oops, sorry. My husband, Jeff, and I, and we have been married eight years this summer. And we both went to the University of Nebraska, although we did not know each other because he was five years older. I know, I know. But you will be happy to give a whoop when this picture was taken at Kyle Field when we were part of the history and the making of the most people, and then they beat Nebraska and all of that. So I do have a lot of maroon blood in me just from going to some of elementary school here in junior high. It's just not when they're playing the Cornhuskers, so it's just how it is. But... um, and Team Raymond, as we kind of as we call ourselves, grew really quickly in eight years, and we have four children, as you can see, two boys and two girls. So everyone has a roommate, everyone's happy. And David is almost six, and Rebecca is four, and Caleb will be three in July, and Lydia just turned eight months. And I just have to show this one of Lydia because she's the only one in any way that remotely resembles me. So I'm very excited finally, um, and it, she was our great surprise. So it's even better, but. Um, We have had four kids in five years in four different cities in three different states. So we have made the rounds, and we know how to load a U-Haul if you need any help. I should say my husband does, really. But but we have been here this April for two years. Um, We will have been here, and we actually moved from Lincoln, Nebraska. And so I had the privilege of knowing Renee before, but then getting to be with her um, at the same church and in Bible studies and all that. So it's a sweet time to 
to have her here as well. Um, and we moved here because my husband had been unemployed, and we felt like we needed a change maybe and maybe some opportunities for the job market as well as just to be around family and, and to receive help from family. And we feel really blessed to be a part of Grace Bible Church. And as we face now another transition of him looking for work, um, we're just so thankful for the friends that we have made that encourages us just to see Jesus in the story that he's writing in our lives when we can't see it and we don't understand it. Um, he does, and we're just grateful for friends that can help us in that way. Um, and I am really excited to share to you tonight about building relationships. And like Lisa said earlier, we had worked with college students, and so we found that um, that we, you know, we would, if we could give them some tools to maybe help move towards other people to hear their their stories, that um, it would be helpful. So that's what I'm going to do tonight. Um, and I personally really value knowing people and knowing their stories, knowing information about them. I love to know their joys, their fears, their struggles, um, just what God is writing in their lives. I think that's so important. And um, so this evening, I do hope that we can leave here and have a better understanding of that. But before I begin, I want to say there's so much we could cover on this topic, and we're not even going to touch the surface. We could talk about listening. We could talk about depths of conversation. We could talk about so many things. So I've taken what we would normally give over three hour and a half workshops and just tried to condense it with the, the minimum to what can be helpful for to you. And you'll get handouts at the end of all of this. So if you're a note taker, you don't need to take notes. We'll, we'll get that to you at the end. But I love this um, sentence or quote or whatever um, you would call this. I wrote it myself, so I hate to call it a quote, but <laughs> not really quotable. But um, everyone has a story and not one is more noble, perfect, or grand, but each one is simply unique, crafted by an all-knowing God. And we've talked about that, not comparing ourselves as women. You've heard that over and over. I think that's really important to know. Um, and as we think about getting to know other people's stories, the heart of their stories, who is our model? Well, obviously Jesus. Um, looking at his life, we see him constantly meeting people, building relationships, loving them, forgiving them, bringing them into the kingdom. He loved and cared for people and demonstrated that we should do the same thing. And obviously his ultimate love for us was his death on the cross. We think about his disciples, how he spent so much time with them, building a relationship with them, speaking grace and truth into their lives. He asked them questions. He often answered their questions with questions. You know, he just was the master at asking questions of people. And we think of the Samaritan woman in John 4, um, the woman at the well. He asked questions about her life and reflected the deep grace towards her that she needed. And, you know, she was so overwhelmed by his interest in her. She went back to her village and said, I've met someone who told me everything I've done. Do you think this could be Jesus? You know, and obviously we have the opportunity to reflect that to people by taking an interest in their lives. Um, and he entered into people's, all types of people's stories. And I love that. Um, and with him as our model, I love this verse that says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of other others. And Paul was encouraging the people of Philippi, look at other people, look at the people around you, you know, and think of them above yourselves. And I don't do that very well, you know? And I think if I took a photo of this group and I went and got it developed and I gave it to you at the end and we had this big group photo and I gave it to you, who would you look for first in the picture? Probably yourself. I would. I'd be like, how do I look? What does that look like? You know, we're just prone to think of ourselves. Our flesh wants us to think of ourselves. And so we have to ask God to help us think of other people and focus on other people. And our world doesn't encourage that either by any means. Um, and so I want to mention in light of that, that Jesus built, asked questions and moved towards people. I want to mention this, that um, asking questions of people are skills that can be developed. 
And I definitely believe some people are naturally more gifted at that than others. But just like other things that I might not be gifted in, I'm asking the Lord to constantly help me and, and work in that area in my life. And I've seen it with college students, and I've seen it with my own kids. You know, they're little, but we're trying to help them. What does it look like to be mindful of other people, not just think of your toys in your world and what, what things are about in your little sphere, you know? But so if we have people into our home, we really, I usually spend that day saying, what's one question you want to ask this person? You know, they're coming over. What do you want to ask them? And we've been privileged to get to know some people from Iraq, and um, They've asked them questions. We've showed them a map and said, this is what they left to come here to study because they have an opportunity to learn and grow. And, um, you know, what questions do you want to ask them? And they've asked them questions about their family or thing. And one time my four-year-old daughter said, do you have Chick-fil-A in Iraq? <laughs> you know, and it's basically a non, non-life-changing question, but just showing interest in them. So I know if my kids can do it, who have no frame of reference of other people typically, <laughs> um, then I know we can, you know, as people who have Jesus and know Jesus. So why build relationships? Um, it really can be broken down for two reasons. And it, first of all, to get to know a fellow believer better. Um, a person, if you're a student who's in a class with you or next, next to you in a dorm or apartment <laughs> complex, um, maybe if you're a mom, a friend of one of your children, a parent of one of your children, um, a coworker, just anybody in a Bible study that you want to know deeper, that, that you know as a believer, but you're like, gosh, I don't know a lot of things about them. Um, or some relationships will be for sharing the gospel for people who don't know Jesus. Um, maybe, again, it's a mom, a coworker, a friend, someone in your dorm room, a class. Um, and I just want to say this, that I know you've heard it, but if you're here and you don't know the Jesus that they're talking about, that Renee and Aaron are talking about, that's writing your story, um, you don't know his forgiveness, you don't know his love for you, his grace, please don't leave here tonight without talking to someone. Um, that's, what, that's why we can stand up here with hope and joy because he has died on the cross for our sins, and, and we really do want to talk to you about that. Um, so now what? We've talked about that Jesus values relationships. He has a heart for people. He's our model. We've talked about asking questions or skills that can be developed, the purpose of relationships, what we just talked about. But how do we do it? That's the part I want to talk about tonight, the practical application. You know, oftentimes we're told, go build relationships, share the gospel, get to know people. But for most of us, that's really overwhelming. And the, often the how to do it is overlooked. Um, we might just assume that people know how to do it. So that's what we're going to focus on tonight. Um, and everyone should have a piece of paper. And as we think about moving towards people, I just want you to maybe write down what might hinder you from asking questions of people or getting to know their stories, however in your own mind you want to formulate. And not everyone in this room is hindered. I'm not saying we all struggle, but, but, but what does it look like sometimes that keeps us from getting to know people or asking questions or moving towards them. So just if you can think this late at night, (laughs) just write a few things down and we'll, I'm going to give you a minute and then we'll just kind of have you shout them out. Okay. What are some things that people came up with about maybe what might hinder you from, from asking questions or moving towards people in your life? Fear. Fear. It's a great one. Rejection. Rejection. It's a great one. Takes time. Yeah. How do you do it without appearing nosy? It's a great one. Selfishness. Selfishness. Yeah, that's good. Prejudging how they might react to you if you, yeah, if you ask questions. Those are great. Yeah. Those are great reasons, and I think they're all very real and valid reasons. And, and just let me clarify, in saying this, I'm not saying, 
I'm telling you to go move towards everybody that God puts in your life. We all have to have boundaries and we all have capacities and we know that. But I'm just trying to get you to think about the people he has put in your life or people he has called you to move towards. How do you do that and what does it look like? But I think some of the things that were said are are real and some of them the awkwardness. So I think someone said awkwardness or fear of not knowing what to say. They might prejudging you. So I'm going to hopefully give you some tools that will help you know how to, the awkwardness, how to keep a conversation going. Um, and so the key is here, what we're going to talk about is building your conversation around conversational areas. That's a wordy sentence and it's late at night. So I promise you, as we go, you'll understand more what I mean. But one key point about being a good conversationalist is knowing how to begin a conversation and keep it going without doing all the talking. Just because you talk does not mean it was a conversation. You know, I don't know if you've ever had that with people, but sometimes I, you know, you talk to people and you think, wow, I I didn't say one thing or I talked the whole time, you know? So this is just how to keep it, how to keep it going without doing all the talking and to keep it flowing. And so what I mean by building your conversation around conversational areas is um, we're going to do some things, what I call conversational building blocks. And when my husband and I were on staff with Campus Ministry, I think I said this earlier, I feel like I'm starting to repeat myself, but um, we use this a lot with our students to try to encourage them to move towards those people in their sphere of influence. And this just became something that um, was really helpful. So we're going to have some fun. It's going to involve some interaction. I know it's late. I think we can do it, though. Um, And so I just want you right now to picture like a clean white slate in your own mind, okay? We're going to do some actions, and we're going to do some, in a minute, we're going to get up and move around. But, okay, so picture the clean white slate. And the first thing that appears on that slate is a nameplate. This is like old school nameplate, you know. Um, nowadays, people don't really even have these on their desk. But they did. It would identify them. So what's your name? Basic question. Basic entry level. Hi, what's your name? Okay, so everyone say, we have a nameplate. Okay, so everyone do this. We have a nameplate. Okay, I know it's late. Okay, and on top of the nameplate, we have a house. Okay, so a house. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? What part of town, if you live here in this area, what part of town? You're on campus. Do you live in apartments? Do you live in dorms? Wow, do we have any commonalities as you're trying to factor things in about people? Okay, so we're going to practice. We're going to go back. So we have a nameplate. On top of the nameplate, we have a house. Okay, on top of the house, we have a family. Okay, very basic. Tell me about your family. Now, you will get some people that will say, I have a mom and a dad and a brother and a dog. And you will get some people that will say, I have a mom, a dad, a brother, a dog, and I have second cousins and third cousins and aunts. You know, I mean, you're going to get the gamut just by saying, tell me about your family. It's such an open-ended question. Um, so, I'm going to practice. Okay, so we have a nameplate. And then we have a house. And then we have a family. On top of the family, we have a work glove. Okay, and I love this. My friend Andrea helped me do this. I'm not a PowerPoint person at all. And she helped me do it, and we found this. It says, woman's work on the glove, if you can see it. And we're like, that's perfect. It's never done, no matter what stage of life you're in. Um, So work glove. So what do you do for a living? Where do you work? Um, If you're a student, what are you studying? What do you hope to do with that degree? Okay, it can be basic. If you're a student, you probably work too, so that works. You know, where do you have a part-time job? What do you do? Okay, so we're going to practice again. So we have a nameplate. Then we have a house. And on top of the house, we have a family. And out of the family, we have a work glove. Okay, and on top of the work glove, we have a tennis racket. Now, I don't play tennis, so it's nothing to do with tennis. But it's hobbies. What do you like to do for your hobby? You know, I mean, again, you'll get people to say, well, I like to run. Or you'll get people to say, I like to run, and I've run marathons, and I've run half marathons, and da-da-da. You know, they'll tell you their whole course of their 
hobby, you know, just with that one question. So it's, again, it's just getting your, getting your mind thinking. So, um, again, you can see that all of these are pretty non-threatening questions. People, if you're, you know, getting to know people, they're not going to think, oh, well, she seemed nosy. I mean, I don't think any of us in this room would think, think someone's nosy if they ask you, what do you enjoy doing? We would feel valued. We would feel cared for. We would feel important, you know, and that's what we want to be as believers. Um, okay, so we're going to go back, and then we're going to add the last one. So we have a nameplate. Top of the nameplate, a house. Top of the house, family. Out of the family, work glove. Top of the work glove, tennis racket. Okay, tennis racket. It's late. I'm, I'm with you. I'm even going, what is this? On top of the tennis racket is a heart. Okay, and so the heart represents anything basically that you might want to go deeper with. Um, any sort of questions, spiritual questions. Um, do you go to church anywhere if you think someone doesn't know Jesus? Tell me about your religious background. Things that just get you conversing with them. Or for people who are believers, tell me about your journey um, to knowing Jesus. What is God called? What is God teaching you lately? How can I pray for you? I mean, even how can I pray for you to a non-believer is, you know, it's pretty, such a blessing for them to know. Um, and I want you to look at this and I want you to notice the first five images that you see are basically basic information. And so it's when we get to the heart that we transition from surface questions to wanting to know things that reveal what's really going on in their lives. Is your marriage struggling? What do you think, you know, how are you doubting God's going to provide for you? Um, that, you know, how can I pray for you? That would be really, really hard. Um, are you struggling to forgive someone? All those sort of questions, um, you know, take us to the deeper level. And as I mentioned, I do love getting to know people. But And there comes a point sometimes in my relationship where I think, I just want to know more about them. I'm glad I know all these basic things about them, but what's really going on in their lives? Um, and someone can talk about their hobby and their family till they're blue in the face, and their life could be falling apart, and we would never know it. So I think our heart is to get to the heart questions, um, to want to know what's really going on, um, and how we can care for them and encourage them and support them and walk with them. You know, that's, that's what we should be desiring. And I want you guys just to think for a minute. If Renee and Aaron had gotten up here and shared their stories, and all they shared was the first five informations, first five, excuse me, basic information. You know, this is my name. I grew up in Houston. You know, I have this family. I worked at Grace Bible. You know, then I moved to Nebraska. You know, Aaron if you should have just shared the basic information, we would have missed the beauty in the story. We would have missed the struggle, the tension, the reality of God in their story. And so I'm not saying everybody that we come in contact with, again, we need to know the heart questions. But I think a lot of times we just stay in those first areas when really God might be calling us to go to more. And so what does that look like for us? Um, And I think if they had left out their heart stuff, it would have been really boring. You know, at some point we would have thought, gosh, we missed the whole picture. So um, I want you to practice now. Now, obviously, we're not going to have time to get all the way through this. We're not going to get to the heart. And it's going to seem awkward at first. I'm going to leave this up here so you can look and you can say, oh, what's your name? Okay. Okay. Where's your, you know, but if you have to do the motions, do the motions. That's the great part about it. This is a safe place to practice. Um, and we just find someone in the room that you don't know very well. And I'm just going to give you two or three minutes. And I want one person just to do all the question asking. And then we're going to switch. Okay, and then we'll come back together and we just have a couple other things to wrap up. But I'm going to leave it up here, like I said, and um, just work through the through the stack as far as you can. Okay, so find someone in the room that you don't know very well and practice.
can start handing those out now. Or have someone help you. Okay. Um, okay, have you guys ever been in conversations that quickly you ran out of things to talk about? I have been. Um, but how many of you, of course, it was only two minutes, and those two minutes or three minutes ran out of things to talk about? Did anybody run out of anything to talk about? No, you didn't. And I think if we probably had gone 15 more minutes, you probably still wouldn't have run out of things to talk about because there was the ebb and flow of a conversation. You knew you had a plan. You had a direction. You knew where you were moving to. So it wasn't just kind of like fishing for these questions. Um, and I think that's the beauty of having this image and this thing that you can work through. And again, you know, it's not meant to be um, awkward. I think the more that we practice it, then the more comfortable you will become. And I think these blocks are meant to be, it's like a piano player who practices and practices and practices the scales. It's not what they do at the recital, but it's so essential to the piece that they are going to play. And so I think that's what this is meant to be. It's just a tool, just a frame of reference for you to have as you think about getting to know people and engaging people. Um, And Andrea is passing out just a little sheet um, that I made. I don't even have one to show, I don't think. But um, anyways, and it has the images on them stacked. And at the end, we're going to get a handout. But I did this because I thought, if you're like me, you lo- I love handouts, but then I get home and they just kind of get filed. So if I need to pull them back out. But this, hopefully, this one little piece of paper, you can put wherever, in your mirror, um, in your car, in your wallet, wherever you're thinking about asking God to help you continue to build relationships. And you have this to just kind of keep practicing and memorizing. And so, again, the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. And um, you don't have to keep looking back at your little sheet. Um, so hopefully it's just a tool that can help you move towards others in initiating and building relationships. And here in closing of what I'm going to share, and then we'll go through another handout, but I just want to say that there are some things in conversations that we can do that can prevent us from going below the surface with people or getting to know people better. And there are also things we can do that will reflect Jesus and bring life to conversations. And I was telling Rachel Browning, you know, I don't obviously do this, like I said, for a living. And just this week, my husband was saying, I feel like you're not listening to me. I feel like you're finishing my sentences. You know, I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to be doing this. How can I, you know, so all I'm saying is, again, just to say I'm coming humbly, saying I'm still growing in this area. And I just, that's just what I wanted to say on that. So I was doing things that can maybe prevent the conversation from being a blessing to him. So I want you to ask the following questions um, of yourself Um, As I go through these, in conversations, I want you to say, do I, in conversations, turn the conversation back to my personal experiences? So as someone is sharing, do you basically hijack, is the only word I could kind of think of, the conversation and bring it all back to you? Like, oh, I know exactly what you mean because da-da-da-da. You know, and then we've suddenly shifted from really hearing them or hearing their heart or knowing about them to bringing it to our experience. And it doesn't mean that you don't identify. There's a whole different... You know, I can, someone can be talking and I can say, oh, I know what you mean, or that must have been painful, but I'm not saying, I know what you mean because, and then bringing it back to myself. And my husband did share, I could say this, but he does this a lot in conversations <laughs> um, with people. And he said, you know, it's not because I want to share, but it's because I get so excited. I want them to know, oh, I identify with you. I know what you mean, you know? And so I think sometimes that is our tendency to say, I know what you mean because, you know, but I think, so we're, so I think we're all in process, you know, but just to think in your mind to say, I know what you mean, but then maybe just don't have to share your story until the Lord provides that opportunity. Um, 
Do I ask follow-up questions? What was that like for you? What do you think God is showing you? Tell me more about that. You know, I think those are all good things to ask people. I'm um, very open-ended. People then then people can choose to what degree they want to share with you. You're not asking a really evasive question. You know, they get to make the decision. And the next one is, do I build a bridge and not a wall? And what I mean by this is, if you can think of it, you know, as you're having a conversation with someone, do you build a bridge towards getting to know them, or do you put up a wall? And I'll just use this as an example. I'm amazed at how many, because my stage of life, moms I meet at different places, and they immediately, without knowing any of my story, they probably just know my name, really, but they start sharing all of their opinions about things. You know, just these hard, fast opinions. And and I'm probably, probably not pretty sensitive about that, but there are times when I'm thinking, oh, wow, she thinks really differently than me. I better not say anything. Or it just causes me to shut down. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. You know, we probably all have experienced that with people. And that is putting up a wall. That's not letting you get to know them and move towards them um, in a way that probably really is productive. And um, I think sometimes we make our opinions, and I have opinions with the best of them, so I'm saying this to myself, we make it like an amoral issue, an opinion like a moral issue. We act like it's like the answer or the way, and I don't think it is. And I think we just, as women, have to be really careful of that and um, and that, that we build a bridge and listen and not always just have to share our opinions. And the next one is, do I pass judgment on others? That kind of goes with the previous, and I don't really need to elaborate on that. I think we, we've all experienced that from people, and we've probably all been ones who have passed judgment. And so just ask the Lord, you know, do I do this, God, and help me not to? Um, do I walk away remembering one thing I want to know more about in their story um, as people are sharing with you? And I think I was, recently I was getting to know someone, and, and just through getting to know them and asking questions over, you know, a series of time, um, I, they had shared that they had a difficult relationship with their mother, and we didn't have a, t- a lot of time to ask or talk about that. But the next, probably the next couple times we got together, I said, do you remember a couple times back you mentioned that? Would you just mind sharing more about that? If you don't feel comfortable, that's fine. You know, and so I gave them the option, but she was so grateful that I just cared enough to ask. And I think that's something. It's just what does it look like to ask follow-up questions um, of people and, and walk away remembering they said that. What's one thing I want to ask them the next time that, we get together. And lastly, do I ask God to help me be a blessing to others and reflect him in my conversations? And do I ask him, help me be a blessing, help me be a reflection of you, help me, um, help me go below the surface with those that you've put in my life to do that with? Um, and so I just want to ask you in closing, and then we'll, we'll pass out a handout, but maybe what is one, do you in your mind have one friend that you would like to go through the conversation blocks with. Maybe it is a believer. Maybe it's someone that um, isn't a believer and that you're getting to know. But maybe just think through, Lord, and ask the Lord, who, who do I not really know a lot about? I mean, it can honestly be people in a home group. You know, I just think that sometimes it can be people that we spend a lot of time with, but because of craziness or in my stage, kids of life, I, with kids hanging on me, I don't necessarily get to ask some of these questions. But maybe... Um, or maybe it's someone who you're meeting that doesn't know Jesus in a dorm room or a class or apartments, um, wherever God would have you. Um, so I just want you to think about that, um, maybe who God would like you to do this with. Um, and I just want to hand out um, this handout. I might need two people to kind of help me. And we'll just walk through it. It's kind of just um, fill in some of the stuff that we went over, and you all can take that, take that with you as well. Okay, so the first one on the top, we see um, Jesus is our what? Model. 
Yep, so Jesus is our model. Okay, so um, we look there and we talk about how Jesus was constantly meeting people and building relationships and um, that we should want to do the same. So asking question is a what that can be developed, a skill. Learning other stories and building relationships can be for the purpose of getting to know a believer better or for the purpose of sharing the gospel. Okay, so the next one is build your conversation, right, around conversational areas. And again, just to highlight this and review, one of the key points is to know how to begin a conversation and keep it going without doing all the talking. And it's important to have some idea of how to begin it, a conversation and keep it flowing through asking questions. And our desire should be to move beyond just surface level conversation with people. Okay, so we're going to get into the conversation building blocks now. So first we had a nameplate. And you'll actually write that twice because on top of the nameplate again. So do you, does that make sense? Okay, so on top of the nameplate we had a house. So number two is a house. And on top of the house, we had a family. On top of the family, we had a work glove. And on top of the work glove, we had a tennis racket. Hobbies, yep, a tennis racket for the picture, yep. And the last one was a heart. Okay, and then the last um, section there is just what we kind of talked about. In conversations, do I... So the first one, do I turn the conversation... Back to myself, sharing my own personal experiences. So do I ask follow-up questions like I gave examples? What was that like for you? What do you think God is showing you? Tell me more. Oh, this one, yeah, this is the one I messed up on late at night. The more is already there for you, so tell me more about that. (laughs) And more. More and more about that. That's right. So build a what instead of a wall? Bridge. Bridge. Build a bridge instead of a wall. Do I pass? Judgment on others. Do I walk away remembering one thing (laughs) I want to know more about in their story? Do I ask God to help me be a blessing to others and reflect him in my conversations? So then that last part there, just remember the skill of initiating and building relationships through asking questions takes time and practice, just like anything. You know, we have to ask the Lord to help us with it and and practice and work at it. And yet I think it so is his heart. And just like I ask you, what what is one friend or someone you're getting to know? Just think in your own mind. You don't have to write a name down. If if, if you do want to, that's great too. That you want to go through with the conversation building blocks. So let me just um, close us in prayer and then we'll be done. Jesus, we just thank you so much that you um, created us and you created us for relationship. And thank you ultimately that We have a relationship with your son, Jesus, if we have trusted in his death on the cross and we thank you for sacrificing him for us. And Lord, I just thank you that because of that, you're writing stories in our lives and God, you're redeeming things and you're bringing things, uh, making beauty from ashes. And Lord, I thank you that it's in times of pain that we see you. I thank you that it's in times of joy that we see you. And And Lord, I just pray that as um, we leave here tonight, that we would just be mindful of the story that you're writing on our life. And Lord, just the way that we can get to know other people's stories. Um, Lord, I pray that this tool will be just a blessing to those that that you want it to be a blessing to. And that it's not a formula, it's just a, a way, an example. And thank you that you're creative, that you didn't make us all the same, that you gave us different giftings. 
and different ways that we can use our giftings. But I do thank you that you do want us to enter in with people and care and know what's really going on. And so I just pray that we would be a reflection of you. And I thank you for these women. I thank you that they stayed um, this late. And I just pray for safety as we head home whenever we leave. And we just thank you for, again, just dying on the cross for our sins. And it's um, in Jesus' precious name that I pray. Amen. So I think that they are going to have a time now where everyone comes back in here if you want to and do the journals and, um, and stay. Is that right, Vanessa?